Hi, welcome back to Sleep on It. I'm Yingying. And I'm Dr. Nana Limbakar, and this is a podcast about sleeping your way to better health. I think this is a great time to talk about feeling stuck. I'm sure a lot of you are out there feeling like you can't do the things you want to do, or you may just feel stuck mentally or physically or any combination of the above. You might feel like you're just tired of feeling like your life has stagnated and you've lost control of your mind and body and your normal routine. Maybe it's developing a new normal routine. But this is a great time to talk about how does one go about getting their life back into balance and a natural flow and rhythm. Feeling stuck is pretty common right now, figuratively and literally, given this quarantine. So it's not uncommon, and even before all this quarantine restrictions happened, we were all feeling a little bit stuck in different ways. And maybe it was just exacerbated by the current situation now. Anyhow, it's never the wrong time to reevaluate and bring back attention to ourselves and try to ask questions about why we may be feeling stuck. Our bodies are internally wired to function in a pretty determined flow. For example, our timing of sleep and wake patterns and how those things impact how we then secrete hormones and how those hormones essentially determine various parameters of our body, such as our blood pressure, metabolism, and the integrity of our bones and muscles. So everything is connected like one giant circle. And that's what research is really starting to show us that, yes, how we sleep, when we sleep, when we eat, how much we eat, all impacts the rest of our health and how our body functions like a perfectly oiled system. So it's important to talk about things all together and address things like a one whole functioning unit rather than nitpicking at different systems. We're hoping the takeaway from today's episode will be try to find out why we may feel stuck in our health and inspire you to find your own health journey in a way that works for you. I'm really excited, Ying Ying, to hear about your health journey because personally it was so inspiring to me and I think it's going to be inspiring to a lot of people out there uh, because you really asked yourself the important questions about why and yeah, I'm very excited for you to share that with us. Thanks so much, Nana. And I really like what you said about this feeling of being stuck. I think a lot of us can resonate with that. Um, sometimes you just feel like you're in a rut. And many times I think we neglect our health in that way because we feel like we're stuck. And so I hope that by sharing this story, it can give people some knowledge and maybe some perspective on how they can find why that they might feel stuck or stagnated. What does that mean? And then I'll share my journey through finding what that meant for myself and then the solutions I found that might be helpful. So a lot of us tend to only figure out that we've been stuck when we're actually thrown into a new environment. And sometimes when we're shaken out of our seemingly straight path is when we realize that things just don't seem right. And it's maybe getting out of our comfort zone that brings light into certain patterns or certain aspects of our health that we always wanted to change. 
Yes, exactly. There's sometimes major life events that might happen. You know, I'm sure many people can relate to that now too, where it does kind of throw you in for a loop. And for me, I think that first started after getting into college and going to the East Coast, originally from California. And then now I have to basically fend for myself and determine my own lifestyle. But as any other freshman, that did not exactly go as planned. Um, I remember being pretty stressed about tests and not really watching what I was eating. And the idea of, you know, having a healthy balance was still pretty novel to me. So after having gained the freshman 15 and then not feeling quite myself, and I noticed after some time has gone by that my menstruation, my menstrual cycle has pretty much stopped. I couldn't remember the last time I had my period. And so that's kind of concerned me because it had been around nine months since I had my last menstruation. And so I decided that it was good to go and see my doctor to make sure nothing was out of sorts. So I went to my PCP to get the typical diagnostic test, you know, after telling him my situation. And he gave me the these blood tests to make sure that um, my thyroid and my hormones were normal and also to make sure that I didn't have PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, which is commonly related with this sort of symptoms. So firstly, the test that they did to make sure that the PCOS was not an issue is that they did an ultrasound imaging to make sure that there weren't any cysts that were present and also that my uterine lining was normal. And thankfully, all of that came out pretty good. So then they did the metabolic panel and make sure my hemoglobin A1C was normal, my lipid profile, my blood cell count, and also my thyroid screening. And thankfully, those came back normal as well. Uh, afterwards, after testing the other hormones like testosterone, estrogen, FSH, uh, those also came back uh, normal. So all in all, the tests didn't indicate any glaring uh, issues that were present, but I was still not getting my uh, menstrual cycle. And my weight was also troubling to my physician. So ultimately, he helped me by advising me to lose weight and be within a healthy BMI and then prescribe me oral contraceptives to try to push my menstrual cycle back out. So that seems like quite an exhaustive list of tests and evaluation you went through, which is good because I'm glad that they were able to rule out any obvious um, ways to correct abnormalities and make sure everything looked good, which is definitely reassuring. But I'm sure you still had a question about why you weren't having your period for so long and also what was the best way about getting back to our healthier BMI that your doctor told you you should do? That's exactly right, Nina. And I remember, you know, after coming back from college and chatting with my parents about it, they were still very concerned because since then, with the um, with that kind of disruption, my menstrual cycle was inconsistent. Uh, for many, many years after that. And they would tell me to go back and continue to get tested. So I would go back to, you know, my PCP or another doctor, and they would do the same cycle of tests again. And so it was kind of like the cycle of testing that would continue to uh, have the same results, which were all negative for any glaring issues. So it sounds like you never got your answers as to what was going on, even after years of maybe having similar symptoms. That's right. And, uh, you know, as life continued, you graduate from college and uh, you start working. And I think once I entered the workforce in my 20s, it was kind of a new type of stress that took over my life and how that might have impacted my my body more. Um, ultimately, I 
decided that it would be better if I didn't have to rely on the oral contraceptive to, to regulate my menstrual cycle. I wanted to see if I could, my menstrual cycle would come back on its own if I went off of it. Um, so after going off of the oral contraceptive, my uh, menstrual cycle didn't come at all from the last year. So that was very concerning. So I started looking into what might be a way to solve this problem more holistically. So it sounds like the oral contraceptives maybe put a bandage on the wound, but your question was, well, why do I still have a wound? And why didn't my period come back? Exactly. And it was probably a lot of things that I needed to address and always didn't put to the forefront. So it gave me an opportunity to really focus on what was really happening um, to my body in general. It wasn't just the weight gain. It wasn't just the irregular period. Ultimately, I think you're right. The The issue was just overall stagnation and um, whether that was physical or emotional or mental with the stress. And I wasn't focusing on what was important, which was my health. Did you have any particular tipping point that just said, okay, that's it. I am going to take this head on and figure out what's happening or... Was it sort of something ticking through your mind for a long time and then you finally felt like, okay, now's, now's enough? It was definitely this uh, pressing issue that was brought up by my parents. Um, they were really concerned about my my health, especially if I wanted to have children in the future. Just in general, they had they really highlighted to me that you don't want to hold, hold off on an issue that might get worse as you get older. And as I got older, I did see more and more friends and family um, getting diagnosed with chronic conditions. And that really brought to light to me that I, I need to really focus on my health as well. And it's also really important to note that, you know, your menstrual health for a woman is a marker of your general overall health as well. And it is a, you know, it is sort of, although tends to be annoying and difficult to deal with and often painful associated with mood swings. We still almost expect it every month, of course, as it's a sign of our fertility and, you know, overall health. So I can totally understand why that was such a concerning issue for you and, you know, kind of just was creeping up in your thoughts all these years. Exactly. And you hit the nail on the head that it also led to a lot of other functions in my body to be off. Like my sleep wasn't great. And also my mood would be off. Uh, either I'll just have spurts of energy, but also spurts of having very low energy. So just overall, I felt that everything was imbalanced. And I, in my head at the time, I was thinking, well, if I could fix my, this menstruation issue first, then maybe everything else would fall into place. So that's where, what led me to go to Shanghai, China last year and just take a couple of months off to really focus on my health and seek some treatments there to fix the issue. So Yingying, what made you go to Shanghai of all places? And that's quite a big move you made. I know. Well, I think for multiple reasons. You're right. It might, it might seem very out of the blue. But uh, first, I had family in Shanghai, and it was kind of a great opportunity to go and be able to see them having not been there for over five years. Um, two, it was 
kind of an excuse for me also to travel and really get outside the box of my comfort zone. I feel like when you're in a rut, sometimes you just need a big wake-up call or some sort of uh, curveball in your life to pivot you into the right direction or just uh, see things from a new perspective. But lastly, most importantly, um, I was specifically seeking uh, Eastern and Western medicine interventions. And this stemmed back from my past working at UCLA and also just seeing integrative medicine practices in general uh, throughout my uh, career. And I really admired the doctors that worked in this field. And I was always fascinated by Chinese medicine as well. Awesome. Well, what is the first thing you did there? And um, was it all focused on just general health or was it specifically trying to assess the underlying reason for why you weren't getting your periods um, or just, you know, everything where you focused on mood, focused on producing stress levels, um, maybe getting back into routine would love to hear more. The first thing that I did when I got to China was look for a credible Eastern medicine hospital. Um, in China, there there is a much more advanced Chinese medicine and Western medicine integration. Uh, many hospitals have facilities for just Western allopathic medicine and then just Eastern traditional Chinese medicine. And then they also have uh, departments where it's combined. So they'll have a doctor who's specifically trained in Eastern Western medicine. Um, and then within each of those departments, they can specialize as well. And the area that I wanted to find specialty in was in women's health. So through various contacts um, that my family recommended to me, I ended up at first at Shiguang Hospital, which is one of the uh, top East-West medical institutions in Shanghai. And there I found a doctor who specialized in Eastern medicine and in women's health. So she prescribed me with herbal medicine. So herbal medicine was the first uh, main modality intervention that I did. Oh, wow. So herbal medicine, that is really fascinating as that was a first choice treatment option for you. I'd love to hear more because obviously here in the United States, we who have gone through the American medical, traditional American medical education system through the, we, we don't really learn a lot about herbal uh, preparations or herbal medicines. And um, not that I don't think they have value or any benefit. I just think that we have a lack of training uh, specifically in that area. So were you excited to try the herbal medications? Um, how did that go? I mean, tell me more about it. Yeah, absolutely. I have to admit, um, when I first tried herbal Chinese herbal medicine, I was skeptical as first too. You know, being having grown up in the U.S., um, I think there's this sometimes a negative negative uh, connotation attached to herbal medicine because of the lack of standardization or quality measurement, which is definitely very valid because you know safety is definitely first. Uh, thankfully, because in China, herbal medicine has been around for much much longer and it's very commonplace as well. Everyone in China takes herbal medicine and there is a lot more standardization, um, I was felt more comfortable going. And I will admit that I've had experience with herbal medicine in the past. This wasn't my first time trying herbal medicine. Um, when I was younger, my mom <laughs> would take me to herbal medicine doctors. Uh, and I was pleasantly surprised. So were the herbal preparations in pill forms? Were they actual herbs that you prepared yourself? Were they something you put on food? Um, 
this is all new to me because most of the herbal preparations that my patients ask me about or I've seen going through different health stores or um, pharmaceutical stores are that they are in a pill form. Yes, I think uh, that is very commonplace to see various uh, preparations for herbal medicine. At Shugong Hospital in particular, they recommended using the whole herb and uh, preparing it yourself. And what that means is that the doctor will list out all the herbs and the amount um, in your uh, medical record. And so once the doctor would write out the preparation, I would go to the a different building in the hospital and collect the herbs, which will be packaged individually with um, pre-measured ingredients. So it's almost like a blue apron, but for herbs, like it would come already packaged and your job was just to like put all the ingredients together and make it yourself. And so that's what I did every two weeks. How did they know what herbs were going to work for you? Or is it all the same herbs for anyone looking to regulate their menstrual cycle? What kind of questions did they ask you? Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, They definitely did an intake when I first arrived. Uh, She used different tools to assess my history. Um, you know, with a Western doctor, perhaps you would take my blood pressure or, um, my blood work. And, but in the Chinese medicine, they would focus more on your tongue and your pulse just to get a sense of where you might seem depleted, where you might seem weaker. And then the way that they, uh, understand your functions, um, they have a different language for it. But then each, you know, area of the tongue or each type of pulse would indicate to them where your, where certain functions are weak or need uh, need more nourishment. And she would definitely ask me questions about you know my sleep, my diet, my past medical history, like what tests have I done? She wanted to make sure that I had already taken the necessary Western medicine uh, diagnostics, which I did. And just to be sure, she sent me to a Western doctor to redo all my blood work again. So I really appreciated that she wanted to cover all those basics before writing down her final prescription for me. That sounds very thorough. And it also sounds like, you know, it sounds like they do do a lot of the same evaluation with a lot of the blood tests and ultrasound. But then if nothing comes up, then move to herbal medication. That's very correct. And I did notice that the Chinese uh, medicine doctors, they agreed with me that they felt that taking oral contraceptive, for example, wasn't a long-term solution. So the way that they observed it was, if your goal is to regulate your menstrual cycle on your own, then let's prepare an herbal medicine um, treatment plan that will allow your body to get to that point. So how long did you take the herbal medications for? And when did you know that they worked? Was it when you got your period eventually? Or did you have other signs or things along the way they were looking for to know that these herbal preparations were in fact doing their job. My Chinese doctor, the way she communicated to me was that I will start slowly seeing signs that my period was coming back. And every two weeks when I would come back to see her and do a follow-up visit, she would continue to monitor me, ask me the questions like, do I feel any stiffness? Even if my hair was producing oil, like that was an indicator to her whether um, certain things were running smoothly. And if it seemed to, nothing seemed to be changing, she might tweak the formula a little bit more. But it did, if there did seem to be some changes, she would uh, tell me to continue. And it wasn't until I started experiencing symptoms of ovulation where my temperature would spike suddenly, which is usually a sign that you're going to get your period soon. Um, And also I felt some tenderness um, in my breast and, you know, other 
of feelings, especially when you start feeling a little bit of a mood change as well, then I let her know. And she was very happy for me. It was the first time anyone ever told me like, congratulations, you're going to get your period soon. And then she would actually uh, give me a new herbal formula. And this one was completely different from the one she had prescribed me prior uh, in the sense that this one was supposed to help nourish me when my menstruation comes. It's almost like she was preparing me to have the most comfortable menstruation cycle that was going to come. Because usually when you have your menstruation uh, period after having not had it for a long time, it can be pretty uncomfortable. That sounds like great news and it sounds like it worked. I'm now curious as to how do these practitioners know what herbs to use? How were they trained in these different herbal preparations? I know it's it's pretty amazing. From what I observed when I was there, there's definitely um, seniority when it comes to learning the sort of material. Herbal medicine is usually at the top of when it comes to how much knowledge and experience a Chinese medicine doctor might have and how much training they would be. Perhaps they would start off learning acupuncture or twin-hour massage, and then if they want to continue their education, then they will start learning even deeper Chinese medicine theory and then uh, learn herbal medicine, which is very complex and, of course, has a lot more science and chemistry involved. You know, in the past, um, they've said that herbal medicine, the reason why it kind of has this air of mystique to it is that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, when Chinese medicine was prevalent and herbal medicine was still king, the way that you learned herbal medicine was through apprenticeship. It's all the best herbalists. They were very protective of their formulas. So if you wanted to learn herbal medicine, you would go to specific doctors and then they would teach you their secrets and their formulas, and that would be passed down from generation to generation. So sounds like it's thousands of years of passed on knowledge to really just through apprenticeship. Yeah, and I think it wasn't until the modernization of traditional Chinese medicine that more of these formulas started becoming uh, standardized and taught in medical universities or institutions. There are, have been cases where traditional herbal medicine formulas have then been uh, taken by pharmaceutical companies and turned into life-saving drugs. I believe there was a malaria drug that uh, that has been more widely used now in many countries that originally came from an herbal medicine. So it's just really great to see this merging of two worlds, trying to understand each other and hopefully come to a medium so they can help more people. Absolutely. I think this is fascinating. And I am all about, and I think the whole world is really right now about trying to leverage different information and knowledge to maybe we can do things better, treat things better. And it requires one just acknowledging that there are other treatments out there that do exist. And maybe we need to study them more, do research on them and figure out better standardized guidelines and um, protocols that we could potentially used to implement what seemingly sounds like thousands of years of great pastel knowledge of herbal preparations that have worked. And uh, I guess one of the questions I had for you was, did you have any bad side effects from any herbal preparations? Or um, were you scared about any side effects or told about any side effects? Or were they generally safe in your experience? Yeah, and I definitely think this probably depends on each person's constitution, like how their body reacts. But I think because my doctor, she took a really good history, I didn't really have any side effects when I first started taking the herbal medicine. She did tell me that if I did experience any discomfort, you know, such as GI discomfort, to let her know immediately. But fortunately, I didn't have any of that. In fact, after taking the 
herbal medicine for a few weeks, I actually slept better and my mood started to improve. My skin started improving. And I have an understanding that, you know, with herbal medicine, it tends to treat the whole system, not, you know, it's not supposed to just replace or regulate just one hormone, for example. Uh, so I really appreciated that. Uh, what I did notice when my period started coming soon is that I started having like breakouts. I think my, my body was starting to release like a lot of the inflammation that was built up uh, prior to all that stagnation. So that I did experience, but my doctor said that was normal. And then she would prescribe me um, a new herbal formula that would help cool down that system. So it sounds like you, it just, it didn't just help you get back your periods. It also helped all these other aspects of your well-being, um, skin, mood, stress, sleep. And I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier is that our bodies are all interconnected and helping each other in, within one system get onto a rhythm or routine where they can function normally. Did you feel like you were back on a rhythm? I did. And I think a large part of that is with the Chinese medicine doctors is that while they are, um, taking your history, they are also, they're also imparting life lessons to you or lifestyle changes. It's almost like they were life coaches at the same time. And I think that was a really important component to their, uh, treatment. So, you know, while she was taking my pulse and asking me questions, she'll tell me, you know, you should eat this. You know, this is, this root, for example, is really healthy for you. You should sleep early. You know, how long have you been sleeping? Oh, that's too long or that's too short. You should try Try to you know monitor that. So it was like they're imparting just lifestyle changes as well to complement the treatment that they were giving me. And when I did follow their advice, I did feel a significant improvement in my body. And I did find that I would naturally wake up really early and I would naturally feel tired during the same amount of time um, every day, like at 10 p.m. And then it just came naturally after that. That sounds like a really great holistic approach to seemingly you presented with one problem of not having your period and you came out with essentially a whole new approach to various aspects of your health. So it sounds like they really took this holistic approach, which for me is really impressive. And uh, I actually hope that the future of medicine as we continue to practice it will continue to take on and ask questions about all aspects of health because they really do all interconnect with each other. Yes. And what was also really fascinating to me is that she would also point out how if I didn't sleep well, for example, the night before, she could tell in my body the next day, you know, my tongue will be more swollen or she'll notice that my pulse would be weaker. And she'll ask me like, did you not sleep well last night? And she was, she would be correct. Um, and so it just goes to show even having a one night good sleep or one night's bad sleep will have physical changes to your body. And what does that mean over the long term if you continue to let that happen? So I think it was almost those pearls of wisdom that helped me have a lot of light bulb moments in my own behavior that that helped change my behavior over time. That's really interesting that you touched on sleep and, you know, acknowledged it in your personal experience to be such a strong contributor to your day to day and maybe even long term. And that really reflects a lot of things we're learning in the sleep medicine world and the world of sleep research, which is that our internal clock or our body's natural circadian system really impacts a lot of other downstream functions of other organs. For instance, our internal 
Circadian clock also regulates our insulin secretion, the way our blood pressure varies throughout the day, um, our metabolism. So we're learning more and more that the same clock that determines when we go to sleep and when we wake up also determines all these other physical parameters um, in our body. And this is exciting research because, one, it seems to be relevant clinically and patients notice the differences and as they become more aware and ask questions about their body and try to pinpoint maybe things that are gone wrong, such as sleep cycles or excess stress. But it also provides an opportunity to try to correct things on a very fundamental and preventative measure the way you have, Yingying, where you went back to the basics and addressed things like the way you were sleeping, also addressed things like your mood. And I know you did other things while you were in China, and I know you tried acupuncture, so I'd love to hear more about that too. Yeah, and that's a great segue because acupuncture was the next main modality that I utilized while I was in Shanghai. And acupuncture, for those who may not have had it before, is where they use uh, very thin needles to stimulate certain areas in your body. And in Chinese medicine theory, uh, that stimulation is supposed to help provide more of a flow in areas that might be stagnated um, to allow your body to recognize that there's trauma perhaps in that area and allow your body to self-heal. In that sense, it will bring that area back to balance or normal. I'm sure that's a very uh, simplified way of saying it. But there has been studies that have shown that acupuncture does stimulate the nervous system and it causes a release of neurotransmitters. And a certain point can also reduce pain and stress and also allow you to feel more relaxed. I have found that that was the case for me. When I got acupuncture, I would immediately feel a sense of relaxation and um, calmness and I would have the best night's sleep afterwards as well. Have you ever tried acupuncture, Nina? Are you curious about doing it? I have not tried it and I am so curious and would love to try it. I theoretically, I mean, it sounds really great and definitely hearing your experience about it. I mean, I would love to have a sense of release or um, re-stimulation of that energy. I mean, just thinking about it, I can imagine when they insert these needles into different acupuncture points, they're essentially, from a neurological perspective, maybe bringing more blood flow to the area or maybe awakening or bringing back um, electricity to the areas that had gone stagnant. So it is sounding very re-energizing and I would love to try it. Does it hurt? Uh, is it? Does it take a long time to do? How often can you get it done? That's a great question. And everyone reacts a little bit differently to acupuncture. For me, it was just if you're a practitioner uh, who does acupuncture to you is very skilled and knowledgeable. You shouldn't feel any pain or major discomfort when they insert the needles. It, it's pretty quick. And in China, they don't even use a guiding tool. They just immediately insert the needle directly um, into your skin. So it just goes to show how how well trained that they are. If it's done wrong, you will, for example, if they accidentally uh, insert the needle into a nerve or perhaps into a blood vessel, they'll be bleeding and bruising. So that is definitely a uh, a risk to keep in mind. But for me, once the needle is in, there's no pain. You just feel this tingling. And my acupuncturist explained to me that certain areas that you might feel a bit more of that oof 
that feeling of like, oh, that's really sore or tender, that means that area in particular is very stagnant. And that might happen, for example, if you have a very tight neck or very tight shoulders and they put the needle in, you'll like when you get a massage, if a massage reaches a certain point and they rub it and you feel that tenderness, probably that's a very common acupuncture point. And that rubbing is what helps relieve that tension. That sounds very similar to how a lot uh, different practitioners would also use trigger point therapy to release myofascial pain or myofascial knots that we often see in chronic muscle fatigue disorders like fibromyalgia or just chronic pain or just some muscle tension. So maybe this is sort of another way to uh, relieve that stress and stagnation and bring back blood flow to much needed areas. Absolutely. And I do echo your sentiment that it would be really exciting to see more studies being done on acupuncture, you know, with treating things like sleep and depression and chronic fatigue, which I think they actually have had done a lot of studies on. Um, and what was interesting to me is just seeing how there are studies on how to do studies. In Chinese medicine, because just the idea of doing, you know, clinical studies on Chinese medicine is a very challenging uh, concept because it's so different from Western medicine, where we tend to focus more on a cause and effect. So I think there's a lot of potential there because you're right. A lot of uh, people like me find a lot of benefits from acupuncture. And having coupled that with my herbal medicine, I think together those two really played well with each other in giving me the result. Um, at the end that I found. Yes, anecdotally, I've had a lot of patients that have had good benefit when they've sought acupuncture treatment on their own for, you know, stress or muscle fatigue. And a lot of them will come back and say what you've said, which is that they feel much better. And I echo what you say, it, it is difficult to conduct clinical studies when you don't have a blood lab measure that would accurately be able to assess, you know, that sense of relief you may feel or that sense of de-stress that you may feel, which can be hard to uh, objectively measure and produce in a rigorous clinical study that we generally tend to employ for other treatment interventions, more traditional treatment interventions like uh, medications or other procedures. Absolutely. And, you know, perhaps that's something we can talk about in future episodes is having a talking more about herbal medicine or acupuncture with a specialist uh, in this area. Because I, I think it is so fascinating, for example, when they do studies on uh, when they do MRI of people's brains after they've received acupuncture and what areas light up and what does that mean? So you're right, there's a lot of potential there. And uh, to go back to your question of how often I did these modalities, uh, I started acupuncture and herbal medicine around the same time when I first came to Shanghai. And I would do acupuncture three times a week. Well, I'm really happy to hear that you had such a great benefit from those two therapies. And it sounds like, you know, they definitely worked in a lot of different ways. Do you feel like you've had lasting effects from both of these uh, interventions, including your herbal medication, as well as acupuncture? Are you still doing any of those right now? Um as an ongoing treatment or was it more of like a quick sort of acute kind of therapy that you did to get back on track and now it's just keeping up being on track? After continuing those treatments for about two months, that's when I first got my menstrual cycle back. Um, and my herbal medicine doctor, her next priority was to make sure that my period would continue to come back every month. She would prescribe me a different formula to help with that. 
But she understood that my goal was to ultimately be able to self-regulate as well without, for example, taking medicine, uh, herbal medicine every day. I mean, who wouldn't want to take a bitter concoction every day, right? And cook it every day in the morning for two hours. But um, she understood that and she said that that was achievable as long as I also maintain the healthy lifestyle choices to, to keep those good results. So after on my third month in China, um, I still continued to see acupuncture, but I would take the herbal medicine much less, like less frequency. And I noticed that my, my period came back again on its own. So I was very excited about that. Ultimately, I did have to leave China. It was sad to say goodbye, but uh, I had to return to my, my life in the US. And I'm happy to say that even upon returning, my menstrual cycle has been consistent ever since. And it's already been five months of that, that I've had my period every single month, which is a first in my life in a long time for over 10 years. That brings me to ask you the question, here in the US, if somebody wanted to pursue a acupuncture therapy, how what would be your recommendations just based off your anecdotal experience in China and being familiar with sort of how acupuncture is done there and just with your background of knowing, you know, being familiar with this topic, what would you recommend to look for in different centers or people that offer acupuncture therapy here? Right. That's a great question. And that's something I've thought about a lot since coming back from China. There's so many things that I miss that is in China that's not readily available here in the US. You know, currently now, I think when people are seeking an acupuncturist or an herbalist or just a doctor in Chinese medicine, they'll either go to a private clinic, you know, that's been advertised, you know, word of mouth, for example, and they might do some of their research on the training for those uh, practitioners. And thankfully, a lot of um, Western medical institutions like I, I know that here in California, for example, there are many hospitals that also employ acupuncturists as part of their care team because they have found that it's a very great uh, teamwork to work together to help the patient. So I would say definitely give it a try, but definitely research the experience of your acupuncturist just to make sure that they're properly trained. Would anyone definitely not be a candidate for acupuncture therapy or is it just really individualized? I think you probably need to get a consultation from the doctor, the acupuncturist or the Chinese medicine doctor first. But I have seen patients, for example, who've had a stroke and then they've done electric acupuncture and it's been very great for them. So from my limited knowledge, I feel like they might be able to customize the acupuncture experience to the person based on their constitution. So definitely talk to a specialist first. It'd be great if it was something more people had access to because I have found that it's very great in preventing a sickness for me. Like if I start feeling like a cold coming on or a little bit under the weather after a couple of acupuncture sessions, I literally bounce right back. Like I, my symptoms go away and I feel healthy again. So it's definitely a great tool. That sounds so promising and exciting. And yeah, that would be so exciting to see acupuncture more mainstream and more available. And it definitely sounds like it has a lot of benefits. And why not try it? And so I think, you know, the first step in maybe getting it more accessible is just getting more information and knowledge and experience out there about it. So thank you so much for sharing your journey and teaching us more about, you know, and demystifying some of these very esoteric concepts to a lot of people such as herbal medications or acupuncture and why not try to expand and look beyond what we're comfortable with and they may have a lot of benefit. 
Yeah, and it definitely goes back to what we were saying in the beginning about uh, being more mindful of your body and your health. And especially if you're starting to feel like you're in a rut now, or perhaps this might be even an opportunity for you to really assess how to get out of that and finding your own journey to feeling unstuck again. Definitely. I think that the first step to figure out that something's wrong and that seems almost always the hardest step to take. And we just want to remind everyone that's listening that it's never too late and it's never too late to take control of your health or at least explore what's happening with your health. And you might be surprised when you go outside your comfort zone. Absolutely. So thank you so much for listening and uh, we hope to see you in our next episode. Yes, thank you everyone. And until next time. Sleep on it. Sleep on it. <laughs>